Welcome to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. Norman Cates shared the humorous story about a guy who prayed this prayer every morning. He said, Lord, if you want me to witness to someone today, please give me a sign to show me who it is. Well, one day he found himself on a bus when a big burly man sat next to him. The bus was nearly empty, but this guy sat right next to the man who prayed this prayer. This timid Christian anxiously waited for his stop so that he could exit the bus. <laughs> but before he could, he got nervous about the, but before he could get very nervous about the man that sat down next to him, this big guy burst into tears and the man begins to weep. And then he cries out with a loud voice, I need to be saved. I am a lost sinner, and I need the Lord. Will somebody tell me how to be saved? And he turned to the Christian, and he pleaded, and he said, Can you show me how to be saved? And the believer immediately bowed his head and prayed, Lord, is this the sign for me that you have? (laughs) Now, of course, okay. funny story to illustrate this truth, that opportunities to share God's love with other people are often right in front of us, and we're missing it sometimes. We don't need to pray for a sign to share God's love with other people. We don't need to pray for it because we have the most clear sign marked in Scripture, Matthew 28, verse 19. It's the Great Commission, and out of the English Standard Version, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Today, we're continuing a sermon series entitled, Confessions of a Churchgoer. Every week, we're revealing yet another truth that many Christians think, but they might not be so courageous enough maybe to speak that truth out loud or that confession, so to speak, out loud. The first week, we did the confession, I don't think I'm saved. Okay, we, all, we talked all about how when we doubt our faith, we can find assurance of salvation in Jesus Christ. We can trust his word that he's our savior and our Lord and his grace is enough to assure us of our salvation. Okay, last week, we, the confession was, I don't like to give. We talked about how to learn the importance of obedience to God in tithes and offerings and learning to have a heart of cheerful generosity toward the Lord and we can find God's blessing in that. Well, this week, the confession is this. I don't know how to witness. I don't know how to witness. See, no one that struggles with this wants to admit it, but I think more times than not, we get intimidated when we think about witnessing to other people. Listen, we live in a day and an age where people are very opinionated. Have you ever noticed that? (laughs) No one likes it when someone else comes in and tells them that they're wrong or even infers that the way that they are living is not right. When it comes to Christianity... The Holy Spirit reveals to people what is wrong in their life with the goal of that person reaching out to God with a repentant heart. And as I said before, in today's day and age, no one wants to be wrong and no one wants to be challenged. And then in today's day and age, in this same day and age that no one wants to be wrong or challenged or hear our opinion, God wants us to go out into this opinionated world and share the message of the cross? Well, yes. Yes, he does. And you know what? Witnessing isn't as difficult as some people make it out to be. Some people think that if they're not going out on the street corner every single weekend, that they're just missing it and they're just an awful Christian. Be easy on yourself, okay? Take it easy. 
In today's day and age, yes, God does want us to go out into the world, but you know what? Not everyone is called out onto the street corner. That's called for, some, some people feel called to do that, and God bless them, that's it, but not everyone is called to do that. Not everyone is called into full-time ministry as a pastor. Not everyone is called to be a Christian teacher in a public school system and pray in the Holy Spirit over their students in their classrooms before even the students step into the classroom. Just as not everyone is called to be a missionary overseas. Not everyone is called to be flipping flapjacks at a restaurant while being a positive Christian influence to the constantly changing staff that's around them. Listen, the list goes on and on and on. What I'm trying to say is that there is not one set way to witness to people around you. So if you were looking for that, there's not going to be one set way, but God has called every one of us to different places, and we can reach out to the different people in the different places that He has called us. And you know, this is a huge part of why I'm preaching this series. We're getting ready to launch New Vision and Mission next, uh, well, at the end of this month now. And as many of you know, about a year ago, we began a journey called the Acts 2 journey as a church. I called on some people in the church to function as a vision team, and this vision team, we headed to Canton four times for four retreat weekends over the course of about nine months, where we sought God about the direction of our church. This program is called the Acts 2 Journey. It's put on by the Assemblies of God National Office. And I believe God has given us clear direction on where to go. God implanted into our spirits a vision and a mission as to where he's going to be calling us based on prayer, based on seeking wisdom from God, and discussing what our church is all about. And on September 25th, we're doing a a vision launch for this whole thing. Now, this vision and mission is very similar to the one we had before. So don't, you know, get, get too crazy thinking that we're going off in some different... No, we're, it's not all crazy and different. A lot of this is pretty similar to what we had before. But moving forward, this vision and mission will be clear to all of us and a, really a part of who we are. Because a lot of this is already a part of who we are. And that's kind of what we did when we, used, when we talked with this vision team. This vision team recognized, yeah, there's a lot of things that our church is doing really well. And we kind of want to emphasize some of those things and say, yeah... Our church is doing this well. We want to do this continually and even to a better degree. So this new vision and mission is centralized around the theme of connection because we believe connecting with God and connecting with those around us is so important in each of our walks with God. So I'll be preaching series, uh, series on this topic of connection and in this new uh, vision and mission and, and talking about core values as well in September. And, and it's going to align us all with the direction that God has for us. I believe that this focus will help us to better connect with God, His Word, and others. And as a part of that thought, as we were just discussing, God has called each of us to be in different places for different purposes, and it's time that we recognize that we be the light of Christ that He's called us to be. It's no more just coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's time to be the church of Jesus Christ that gets empowered at church on Sunday to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Each of us has that straight, clear call from Matthew 28, 19. And Jesus himself says, go out, witness to others. But as the confession mentioned today, what if I don't know how to witness? What if I just don't know what to say? What if I get so nervous? What if I mess it up? Let's take a look at one verse that will give us some instruction that we'll focus on today, and it's Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. If you are new here, we do want to mention to you that uh, we utilize the YouVersion Bible app on Sunday mornings. You can go in there in the YouVersion Bible app in the 
corner that says more and then click on events and our, our church's name will pop up there and you can follow along with our sermon notes and our scriptures today and take some notes for yourself. Revelation 12, 11, reading under the English Standard Version, it says this, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they loved not their lives even unto death. Okay, point number one is the blood of the Lamb. This verse in Revelation helps us to understand that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The Lamb that is in, in this verse is referring to Jesus Christ, which to some people that might not be familiar with, with church or with the Bible, it might sound very odd to label Jesus as a Lamb. But bear with me here. Before Jesus Christ came to this earth, people had to sacrifice animals and shed blood from those animals to cover their sin. And then in order for humans to have the ultimate sacrifice paid for, a perfect, spotless human being without sin was to come forth and die for the sins of the people. However, there weren't any perfect people except Jesus Christ himself. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. See, Jesus Christ is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So when Revelation 12 was talking about how we overcome by the blood of the lamb, it means that we can tell people about the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and that is available to everyone to believe. However, the other part of that verse says we also overcome by the word of our testimony. Point number two is the word of our testimony. See, everyone has a testimony whether you believe it or not. See, someone that you're witnessing to might tell you to lay off if you begin by telling them simply that they're just a sinner and they're awful and they're going to be going to hell if they don't get it together and they need to confess their sin to Jesus. You know, starting out in that way is not going to help the situation. There's ways to do this, uh, but what they can't tell you to be quiet about is your testimony. No one can dispute your testimony. Because it's yours. It's the story you have. They might say everything you just said about Jesus is wrong, and they might believe that. But if they're saying your testimony is wrong, well, it, that's not correct because your testimony is true. That's your testimony, your story, what God gave you as a testimony to share. And when you share what God has done in your heart, over the course of conversation, you'll begin to naturally witness by sharing what God has done in your life. This is witnessing. This is witnessing. And you can share with people how you used to be so unhappy, so lost and without direction, and you might have been involved in some sin that you're ashamed of, and you can talk to them about it if you want, but then you can tell them uh, about how you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and how you've committed your life to Him, and now you're free from that life. You might tell them that you were baptized in water uh, in the course of conversation, and, th and then you could ask them, have you been baptized in water? And that's, just so you know, that question is a very poignant question that can really tell you where someone is at in their walk with God. If you want to know if someone's saved, you don't have to say, hey, are you saved? But as you're talking to them about your story, you could say, you know what, God saved me from this life and I got baptized. Have you been baptized in water? And if they look at you confused or if they look at you and, you know, 
not really sure what to say, well, then you can start that conversation. Well, you know, part of water baptism, first of all, we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. Well, and then you can get on with, have, have you done that yet? You know, and the conversation can naturally lend itself to God opening up some doors as God begins to move in their heart. But as you witness, remember not to cast shame on other people. Remember that I said if you begin by telling them they're awful, bad human beings and they're going to hell, that's not going to be a great opportunity for you. You will probably lose your witness. Uh, and uh, you know there was a few chuckles on that because it is kind of funny that some people would actually do that. There's some people that will do this and it loses their opportunity to witness to people right there in that moment. Now, there are times I will say that God puts on your heart that someone needs to hear that hard truth. And if God's putting that on your heart, you need to move forward in that. But a majority of the time, that's not necessarily the way that, that God is, is working. It's an interesting thing. Jesus, with the woman at the well, he didn't come out and say, you're an awful, terrible sinner and you need me in your life. No, no, no. He came and said, he, he met her at a practical need. She was getting water. That was a practical need. Jesus came and got water. Practical need. But he used that practical need to show her a supernatural truth that if you drink the living water I have for you, you will never thirst again. And how many of you know that truth is that if you find Jesus, you will never spiritually thirst again? Jesus met her at a practical need, didn't shame her, but he felt led to talk about a few different things that she was struggling with in life talked about her relationships with other people. Well, the man you're living with, you're, you're not even married to right now. In fact, you've had five husbands, and he goes on and talks about this story, and she begins to realize who he is, right? We have to meet people at their need, and we're not casting shame on other people. Part of witnessing is allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you, not you forcing the Holy Spirit to do his work. The Holy Spirit's doing a fine job, and sometimes we screw it up. We've got to listen. <laughs> We've got to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Acts 1.8 talks about how the Holy Spirit will come upon you to be a witness, not the other way around. You're not coming upon the Holy Spirit and telling Him what to do. We are given power from the Holy Spirit to be a witness. Your job is not to do the work of the Holy Spirit. My job is not to do the work of the Holy Spirit. Your job is to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you to say and say it. Your job is to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do and do it. Point number three is witness in love. Galatians 6.1 gives us this truth out of the ESV. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. A few different things we see here. As we look to witness, and we know that someone is living a life of sin, we should do what we can to help those around us understand that they can receive forgiveness in Jesus Christ and new life in Christ. But this verse says to do so gently. Gently. And I would say, I would add, in love. If you were recently saved, say, from a life of an alcohol addiction, and you know that you have buddies out in the bar still addicted to alcohol, and you might have the desire to share Christ with them. But this verse in Galatians discusses the importance of keeping watch on yourself so that you are not tempted. Your mission field probably should not be the bar every night 
if you were recently saved out of an alcohol addiction. That's one example. Or with any sin that you struggled with, it's not safe for you to put yourself right in the middle of temptation. Scripture says flee from temptation, but figure out other ways to witness to those that you love, that you know are still trapped in a life of sin when you know that it's possible to be freed from that life of sin. See, people who have experienced Jesus are sometimes anxious to tell their story. And maybe your story is that you grow up in church and you don't even remember a time that you weren't serving Jesus. That's awesome. This is a huge opportunity and testimony, and I hope you'll share that with other people too. Because there is blessing in serving God for all your life. Don't discount the testimony that God's given you. So many people think they've had to live this awful life of sin in order for them to be an effective witness for Jesus, and that is so not true. God bless those people who have been serving God faithfully all their life. You have a testimony, and your witness will share uh, with so many people. You might be able to reach people that I will never be able to reach, and same with every one of us in this room. We see in Acts 6 through 8, there's a man of God named Stephen. He was serving God faithfully in the church. And there was some opposition that arose, and there were people trying to stop him from talking about Jesus. Uh, But Acts 6 says that they couldn't stand up against the spirit which was inside of Stephen. It's just kind of funny how that works, isn't that? That Stephen has this spirit inside of him that they couldn't stand up against. See, when we've got the spirit of God within us, there's nothing that can come against us. The enemy cannot come against us and succeed when we have Jesus in our life. But Stephen continues on. He continues talking about Jesus, but the men who were speaking against him convinced some other people to lie about Stephen, saying that Stephen was speaking against God and against Moses. And this obviously stirred some people up, and they began to speak lies that basically got him in trouble, but Stephen continued to talk about Jesus. Why did he do this? Why did he do this? I believe it's because Stephen was alive at the time when Jesus was killed. Jesus had just been killed, and Stephen was going around telling people about the good news of Jesus and how they can be saved and how he was just killed. He was raised to life. Now he's in heaven, and we've got this this fresh message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and nothing was going to stop him from telling it. But he had enough of the people in Acts chapter 7, verse 51. And he said some things. He said, you stiff-necked people, Not a great way necessarily to start out your conversation. But listen, he was led by the Spirit in this moment. I told you, if there's times where you feel the Holy Spirit giving you something to say, you better believe it's the Holy Spirit and it's not you. He says this, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised and hardened ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your your fathers not persecute? Next, uh, Next phrase here. And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. Okay, so this obviously made them mad. So this kind of talk made them very upset. And they proceeded then to stone Stephen, and Stephen died. Stephen lost his life that day. And you know what? I really wish there was more to the story that I could tell you, that he rose from the dead, and he came back, and he told them what it... No. Stephen died that day. His life was done. And Stephen no matter what the cost, continued to talk about Jesus. Why did he do this? Stephen believed that there was power in the name of Jesus. He believed there was power in the name of Jesus, and he was led by the Holy Spirit. See, he knew the truth about Jesus. He was willing to die about this truth. When we're convinced of something and we make a commitment like we do to Jesus, there's nothing 
that can hold us back from telling the truth about Jesus and who He is and what He's done for us. Just as Stephen did, nothing was going to hold him back. Even death wasn't going to hold him back because he believed in what Jesus had done for him. Kendra, could you come to the piano this morning? Each of us should have our salvation story ready to go to share with someone whenever God lays in our hearts to do so. And uh, I talk about the word of our testimony. You might say, well, I get that. I hear you. We overcome because of what Jesus did. We overcome by the word of our testimony. But what if I'm not really sure what my testimony is? Well, this might take some work on your part, but write it out. Write it out on a note card. I'm not telling you you've got to whip out that note card as you're talking to somebody, okay? But when you write it out, you remember it better. So that might be a tool for you. Write it on your cell phone if you're, if you're into techie things. Uh, write it on your computer, something. Write it out so you kind of know what your testimony is because this will help you when you get into a situation where you feel God saying, all right, now share your testimony. And you're sitting saying, well, how did that go again? And what was that? What time frame? You know, and, and I will say too, there's some, there's some details that you can leave out. Okay, they don't need to know what you had for lunch that day and what you had for dinner and, and how your day... Give them the, the point of the story. What's the moral of the story? Each of us should have our testimony ready to go. If I asked you to share your testimony in 30 seconds or less, could you do it? Okay, you're not a bad person if you can't, but I'm, I'm just saying this as an example. You could prepare something that's somewhere around 30 seconds or so so that you can pre be prepared to share it if God puts on your heart. As an example, I'd like to share mine. My testimony is that I grew up going to church, but throughout my high school years, I kind of lived half in and half out. You know, I'd, I'd go to church and claim to believe in God, which I really did believe in God, but my lifestyle when no one was watching wasn't always that of a Christian. And so I found myself in the midst of lustful thoughts, and not only did I have the start of a thought, but I would entertain that thought, which then turned into a long spiral of bad habits and choices that led me down the wrong path. But after my senior year of high school, I made a commitment to lay my entire life at the foot of the cross, and since that day, I haven't turned back. I experienced freedom in Jesus Christ, and you can experience it too. There's freedom in Jesus. Okay, now, I timed it. There it is. That's somewhere around 30 to 45 seconds. The time doesn't matter. Your testimony is what matters. Get it down in such a way that you can share your testimony so that you can say, I'm ready to share my testimony. I know how to witness because God's word has shown me how. So what about you? Are you ready to share your testimony? Are you ready to share that? Maybe you've come to church today and you're maybe still where I was at before I gave my heart to Jesus, kind of maybe on that in-between time in your life where you're kind of in on this church thing, but you're kind of not. And I'd encourage you to begin that relationship with Jesus Christ this very morning and don't turn back. This is the first step. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins to God, that He He's faithful enough to forgive us of all the junk that we've done. That's a paraphrase of 1 John 1, 9. But we get the picture. He's big enough. He's good enough. He can forgive you of that. And you can be freed. Just as I told you my testimony that I am free in Christ. And I've not turned back because I serve a faithful God. And I know what He's done for me. And I want to live my life for Him. See, unfortunately, your sin sends you to hell. And I'm sorry to say it like that, but we can't discuss the truth of 
We can't discuss the truth of life in Jesus without understanding there's a real hell and a real heaven. But there is eternal life for you in heaven as you confess your sin and believe in Jesus. It's the truth. That's the truth. And as we close this morning, I would just invite you to bow your head and close your eyes as we reflect on what God might be revealing to our hearts today. Just as a reset moment, just a, a time to say, God, what, what are you speaking to me? What do I need to know today? What are you revealing to me? David prayed a beautiful prayer in Psalm, Psalm chapter 139, verses 23 and 24. I'm going to pray it right now, and I want you to pray this in your heart. David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. God, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That prayer gives us this reset, so to speak. Gives God an opportunity to speak into our hearts. Today, if you're reflecting on this and you say, yes, I want to accept Jesus Christ into my heart for the first time or as a recommitment, Would you just put your hand in the air and put it back down so that we know that you want to make that commitment today? If that's you, you want to make that commitment. I see some hands there. You can put them in the air and right back down. I've seen two so far. There's anyone else that wants to make this commitment to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior this very morning. Just go ahead and put your hand in the air and put it back down. We're going to take a moment and pray in just a second here. Very good. Very good. Well, this morning... As we did have a few hands, I invite us all as a congregation to pray this prayer together and join those with celebration, those who are giving their hearts to Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I ask that you forgive me of my sins and be the Lord and Savior of my life. I believe you died for me and I believe you rose from the dead. Help me to turn from my sin and live for you for the rest of my life and into eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate those who gave their hearts to the Lord this very morning. This is the best decision you will ever make. If you've made that decision, please do not walk out the back door before I have a conversation with you. There are more next steps that we'd like to take this morning as we close. Uh, But I do want to, before we end here, I'd like to say a prayer over all of us. The man I referenced at the beginning of my message who wanted this sign from God that he should witness. Maybe you've been feeling that same way. But you've just maybe been feeling a little bit timid. But you may be able to recognize or or, uh, relate to this man because you know of times that were right before your very eyes that you could have witnessed, but you missed it. I want to tell you I've, I've done that same thing. and It really hurts to go back and think of the times I've missed. Let God give you some grace this morning. It's a new day. His mercies are new every morning. Let Him speak to you. And from now on, let's make that commitment to say, yes, God, I will listen to you and be obedient when you speak to me and share your love with other people. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray a blessing over all of us in this very room today. I pray that you would use each of us for the glory of God. I pray that you would help each of us to go out and be disciple makers in the world around us. Jesus, I just pray that we wouldn't be timid and that we would be faithful to what you've asked us to do. God, use us in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Jesus' name, amen. I do want to mention one more prayer need before we leave today. I talked with Leisha Lucas uh, this last week. Many of you know Leisha and Scott. Scott and his wife, Leisha, they own a tree company. And Scott recently fell from a, a tree and crushed his ankle very badly. And so he just had ankle reconstruction surgery on it this last week and is looking at a long road to full recovery before he can completely get back to work. So please, would you join us as a church this morning? We're going to pray for them. Jesus, we pray for Scott that you would completely heal his ankle. Um, Doctors have said that it's crushed beyond anything they've ever seen. Jesus, I pray that you heal it beyond anything they've ever seen. I pray that all of the stuff that they've done to it will work in correct alignment and you would heal it even farther and greater than, than ever thought possible. Jesus, I pray that they would see your faithfulness in their lives right now. And I pray that as Scott is out of work, that you give him strength in this time and help him not to go crazy because he loves to be on the job. Lord, give him the strength he needs. Uplift him today. And I pray as Leisha's helping to take care of him, that you help them together to work together so that he's fully recovered. Bless this beautiful family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Have a good Labor Day tomorrow. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening this week. If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at Buysville AG. Have a wonderful week.